Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed, a special episode. I'm Ken Napsock. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And folks, we are here. Your regularly scheduled databank brawl show is uh, taking a little break, a little vacation, and we're here to review Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed. Yep, the book came out a long time ago, <laughs> but it fell off our rotation. We were about to read it as a team. Uh, we don't sit, we don't like sit together, Joseph reads me a chapter, and I read him a chapter. We're going to read it, uh, and uh, then Black Spire came out. We, we wanted to get kind of more caught up with that, but we're back here for Alphabet Squadron, Joseph. Uh, we're going to really go into this old school, new school Star Wars book. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on with it. Uh, we also want to remind you that today's podcast, even though it's not databank brawl, is mm-hmm. still brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash four center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. It is hard to decide what to recommend during a book review. No, it's not. We're going <laughs> to recommend Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed. Uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, we should also warn you this is going to be a spoiler full review uh so if you want to wait and listen to this first go download it get your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com slash four center again that's audibletrial.com slash four center for a free audiobook all right this is a yeah this is a very interesting novel we should say right off the top it is explicitly the first novel in a trilogy Right, which when it was, I think, was originally first announced, I didn't get the sense that it was one, but they had to have known where the oh, story yeah. ends. Absolutely. Uh, and then uh, it had the tie-in comic written by Jody Hauser, Tie Fighter, which I have read all five issues. I definitely need to go back and read it now, because I read it before I had read okay. this. And, it, yeah, it, it's basically about yeah. the shadowing the, the villains Correct. of the piece uh, uh, up to a point, right? And a lot, yeah, and a lot of the villains, uh, the characters and in Tie Fighter comic grandmother is in this one a lot of the other ones not really necessarily right at least yet into the you know we'll see where the other books take us right right yeah because shadowing it makes sense now to me why they would do that that shadowing is kind of this uh, this large group mm. that's been around for a long time has had a rotating cast of pilots right, right? so you, you can tell stories within that yeah. and really build shadowing up uh so let's just go to to big picture reactions this is a book that is about the pilots it's called alphabet squadron i remember when uh, jennifer first read us this news that it was coming out we're mm-hmm. like how are we gonna feel about that like yeah, yeah we all love a wing b wing y wing x wing <laughs> u wing but is alphabet squadron a little too on the nose how is that gonna be uh set right yeah. after uh return of the jedi pretty pretty quickly after yeah in the first month Pretty, or so yeah, uh, after Return of the Jedi. And like I said, the first part of a trilogy. So kind of a lot to make it unique within the current canon of Star Wars storytelling yeah. and Star Wars novels. So what was your big picture reaction? Did you love it? Like I, it? I found myself really loving it at parts and, and overall really liking it. Uh, there at times I felt was you know a few extra pages in it uh it was over 400 pages it's not a long book by any means but but it's a little longer than a lot of the canon novels have been floating around 300 so if you're just kind of comparing it to other star wars experiences it is a slightly longer read so i felt a couple times like all right let we let me move to a next bigger plot point or next bigger reveal or next part of the story but along the way this journey i've really Really started to love Alexander Freed as a Star Wars writer. I'm familiar with his Rogue One novelization. I did not read the first Battlefront Twilight Company novel. 
We've talked about it. It's on our list to go back and try <laughs> uh, because I can totally see because that one's about troops on the ground. This is about it's on my book, you know, yeah. uh, people in the air, war, uh, troops in the air. And, and I, I think he really does a great job. And I really loved a lot what he a lot of things he brought to it. And yeah, in, a, in another book, and, I, you know, you can't help but think of Aftermath. And think of another book right after this great watershed moment in our fandom, the Battle yeah. of Endor, and very little mention of those characters. Uh, they come up, Mon Mothma, Leia, they're there, don't get me wrong, and, and General Skywalker. But you got to tell a story without using those pieces, and he succeeds really well. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I, I would agree with the well, one sort of minor criticism that, uh, in, and it, it probably boils down to even just a taste thing, mm. that uh, there are a couple parts of the book where I think I just I wanted my foot on the gas a little bit in terms of the uh, paying tribute to the adventure serial part of Star Wars. Because mm-hmm. I loved a lot of what was going on with the characters, but there were some moments where I felt like, all right, this is the, every detail of this mm-hmm. description of what's going on in the character's mind. I like, but I think I, I think I'm pretty clear on where the character is internally and I want another event to happen. Yeah. And I, for, for me, it felt like, yeah, maybe a little bit of tightening up would have been to my taste a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, kept my foot on the gas. But that said, I loved all of it. And in particular, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of particular things I love. Alexander Freed is great at writing, action and he's great at making you feel it that was mm-hmm. one of the things that was so amazing about rogue one is like it's easy to just write like uh they've gotten beaten around and they're in pain but when yeah. you're like when you can f- he can put you in like you're in a cockpit yeah. and you're being thrown around and that strap is eating into that shoulder and it's been wounded before and you know the exact amount of g-force pressure that's gonna you mm-hmm. can start to feel that and start to ache he's he's so good yeah at those action details that that tell the story of action but also tell you the human cost of action yeah um so he's great at that adventure serial stuff and making it feel gritty and real um yeah. this book was just really great about spending a lot of time introducing new characters and really getting into their internal life in interesting ways. Really good job. The the way they come together and bond as, as a unit. Or don't bond. Or don't yeah. bond. Yeah. Great point. Uh, is there, and going back to the way he describes battles, having just read the second Thrawn uh, or, or the Thrawn series, I should say, uh, Timothy's on. He gets so detailed. We keep talking about it. Uh, three degrees to the right, and then they fire, and they does it in a wonderful way. That's uh, for those uh, people who like that. I, I get a little lost in it sometimes. This is just as detailed, but in like you said, an emotional way. So I'm in the battle. I'm there, and the move, everything's going. There's a lot of technical talk, but it really moves for me, and I don't feel. Uh, here we go. You know, honk your horns, everybody. We've got, uh, <laughs> you know, the technical readouts of an X-Wing in battle. This has, the, like you just said, the emotional feel of it in a very detailed fashion. Love that. Um, yeah. And, and uh, oh, I was going to go somewhere else and I totally forgot. The interior life of the characters we were talking about? Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you. It made sense to me that he pulled that off so well because one of my little things of Rogue One, the movie, is eh, the crew comes together. I don't feel as though they got to connect and have the time, and I don't feel as, as connected to them, though it all pays off in the end. But that's a movie. You got a short amount of time. Right. In the novel, I'm blown away by, wow, everything is on, even the, the disagreements, this and that. And it makes sense that he's the author that did that. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things about this sort of uh, internal life that is powerful and makes it feel like new and fresh and and different to me is it is so specifically not just a collection of characters. It is 
pilots and soldiers, right? Yeah. It is people who only have so much power. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not the Mon Mothmas. They're not the Leo Organas, you know, mm. they're certainly not Jedi. They're people who have real fragility. Yeah. But they have that same drive to like, I want to contribute or I don't want to contribute. I don't want to be here, but I'm trapped or yeah. I, I love the thrill of what I'm doing, but I don't believe in it or vice versa. And you, you get all of those things that feel very real. I have never uh, mm-hmm. served in the military, uh, obviously. I say obviously. Yeah. If people have listened uh, to the <laughs> podcast a lot, it would have come up. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I know I saw on social media people responding to this depicts, uh, I think a lot of ways, the kind of things that you go through when you are, when you live your life in, in that combat could come up at any time in that you need order Mm -hmm. and you need trust, but you also need to kick back and let go. And what does it feel like to be in the moment of this might be just another, uh, adventure that I'm having that turns into, a story to make peace with the horror of it, or I could die. Yeah. I could die without even knowing it's coming, or I could try to maneuver myself into the battle so I could feel, even though if nobody else ever knows that I, that what I was doing when I died was worth it. Like all those kind of details that, that just for me help, help me uh, open my mind to what it is to be a pilot or a soldier. Uh, It, it, it's, that kind of storytelling, I think, is needed, and, and and it's come up in other areas. But it was, it, this is a real good example of why, why why I feel it's needed. What you're saying is, in the beginning of the story, there's some moment, there's some you know they're losing ex, the pilots, not X-wing pilots, but just are losing pilots to defending the the what's the Hellion Dare, yeah, uh, rebel ship, and and uh, Shadow Wings picking them off, and but they also know some of the Shadow Wing names, right? Or at least they have nicknames for them, and and it was stunning because that's Star Wars, right? Right. Dog fights, X-Wings exploding. Yay, Porkins, poor Porkins. Uh. But then you get to see what happens when they go back and land and they got to bury these uh, pilots' memories really only, obviously, yeah. and what it goes through. And, and, and you and I mentioned this off air and then I, I've seen it pop up in other places. The Battlestar Galactica remake show vibes yeah. are very strong. Yeah. Um, very, very strong, especially like season two stuff. And but it keeps coming back to that point of we grew up just throwing our Kenner figures on the ground and Luke saves the day. But you know, Luke in this story is, re- is like some people are like I already might have magic powers. Ah, I don't and that's know. why he's always winning. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I already took that a star destroyer like that kind of stuff. Almost to the Legends of Luke Skywalker book yeah. again. And I love that that they they don't have those powers. Uh, this isn't uh, the Force. It's a thing, but even like we go through the 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 you know we're we're not too far away from the emperor saying nah they were like a small little cult group they didn't even affect the galaxy what oh are you yeah with the about? Jedi yeah yeah what yeah. are you talking about so I love that it's it's them it's dealing with them on that intimate ground level yeah yeah I, I think it just it gives them uh, uh, such a great uh, personality and life and in a way it is it feels strangely morally responsible yeah. uh, in Star Wars tele- storytelling. Uh, this is kind of a jokey way to say it, but yeah. it is almost like hashtag justice for Porkins. Like right, right. those characters that blow up so the heroes can live yeah. are, are real. And totally. every one of them has a past, life, dreams, stories. 
it, it treats that all very realistically and respectful indeed. It yeah. really does. Yeah. yeah. So that, I think that was one of the big things that I took away from it. And then the other big, my big picture reaction is uh, the state of the galaxy that you, mm. that it remains from this perspective of pilots, like kind yeah. of the highest up authority that we really get to hear from who maybe has a sense of the bigger picture stuff is Harrison Dula. Right. But this is set in this very specific uh, time and you're really learning the state of the galaxy. Uh, some stuff in here that like, well, wow, I never really thought of the Empire's perspective in the buildup to Endor when the rebels are getting more ships and more allies and they're attacking and they're attacking and they're not in insurgency. They're a constant threat to the Empire building up to Endor. And what does that do to the psychology of TIE fighter pilots and like all sorts of great State of the Galaxy stuff that was both new and then dovetailed with aftermath and yeah. with the the story from battlefront 2 video game you know oh very well and i think and i think and really i think really did a good job setting up some of the stuff in aftermath which is you know set a little bit after this and we'll see with the series i don't expect any kind of crossover but there's one imperial uh commander they mentioned sloan and there's another one uh, the name moff pandian yes I you win that round, sir. Um, and that's a character in Aftermath who dies in the first book. So now we know, you know, all that's still coming, but it still all fuels. The, everything I'm reading here, I'm like, I can see this all going to the Battle of Jakku, you know? Yep. And I'm excited yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's a when it's a trilogy, it's exciting. Yeah. To go like, is this is that where it's going to end that's up? That's where it's going to go. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. Yeah, and I, too, no, sorry, there, uh, there was a little reference uh, of how... Yeah, up, up until the first Death Star and even after, it was we were putting down fires of insurgency, uh, and then, then we had to fight. <laughs> it became a, a war with the, the yeah. Rebel Alliance. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we were constantly, like you, yeah. waiting for the alarm to go off because you were coming here to blow yeah. us up. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. We're going to dive into some different perspectives. Mm-hmm. But first, I want to talk about just where it sits right now mm-hmm. in modern canon, because many Star Wars fans are really uh, crying out for new right. and standalone, right? Yeah. How does this sit for you? Because part of it, it feels, to me, incredibly fresh because mm-hmm. it is brand new characters, brand new perspectives. But it is really relying a lot on on existing modern canon. Yeah. So does it feel more new or more old? Does it answer that call for the the standalone and the fresh? It does for me in a in a way. Uh, it does because and I didn't. I know the the X Wing Rogue Squadron stuff's really popular back in the Legend stuff. I didn't. Other than I played some of the games. I didn't read the books as much. So it scratches that itch of the the pilots and getting to know and all that stuff. But as far as what you're talking about the timeline, we don't have the wedge. We don't have any of that. So it it feels so wonderfully new to me. Um, and then a couple of times I was like trying to look for specific or, or thinking maybe some specific insights into things I know, and we got them, but not the way I thought. Like there wasn't a chapter where suddenly Wedge shows up, and Wedge is an aftermath, so he's there. But you know what I mean? Like I don't need it always to be Wedge, but like there wasn't like the you're on a mission with Captain Solo, none of the General Solo. There's none of that, and so I it it seems completely new to me, but turns uh, the lights into some of the shadows of the stories I know and goes, hey, this is happening, this is happening. And I talk a lot about how I don't always like, well, around the corner from the tree right. was a sniper. Where, where The forced decomposition yeah. of Star Wars, yes. I don't necessarily like that. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. This was not that at all. This was just, this war is 
big. Yeah. And so I felt, and I was completely, it was completely new for me. Yeah. You know how I didn't think about it this way until we were talking about it is I think that our characters have their own path and they are affected by existing Mm -hmm. canon, but they are not affecting existing canon. Yeah. Like I get the sense that through this whole trilogy, they're going to have their battle with shadow wing. That is their part of this war. And it's not going to be the answer to, and that's why Luke went to this planet to look for this artifact. And it's not going to be like, and they're the ones who shot down the inflictor, the star destroyer that Ray, like maybe there'll be those little details, but, but you know what I mean? It it doesn't feel like it's leading to setting anything up or explaining anything. Yeah. These are characters with limited power and they're going to be affected by the reality of the galaxy. But they're they're living their life, having their adventure. Right. Yeah. No. Well said about uh, uh, you know not affecting canon, and then and then because uh, aftermath, uh, which I love the series, has that feel. Right. This yeah. is you're learning now, especially after Force Awakens. This is after Force Awakens, and we're we're like, oh, that planetary coup, and 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 I got caught up in what this all means for Episode Eight and Episode Nine, and it still could. But, you know, like I was like, yeah. oh, I wonder if they're going to mention Gall- Gallius Rax in episode eight. And, and they still could in nine. But then we don't we don't. This isn't about that. And it's good to be released from that. Right. And there could be a plaque somewhere in the background of episode yeah. nine that the story groups in puts in for a while. Lark. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but it's yeah. not like. Yeah, yeah. E- exactly. I, I really uh, just love how much the, the pilots and. Uh, uh, I guess the the New Republic and the Empire are also just telling us the story of the state of galaxy because it's just affecting their day to day with like, are we going to keep this war going? Yeah. Who like it just it really gets whereas Aftermath had that um, that were interludes all over this galaxy to show you kind of the state of confusion uh, that Mm. this had this great just putting in what, what would it be like? to be right after this big war ended, except for did it. And yeah. we're still almost in the question of different people have like, yeah, no, 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 we're just mopping up. And other people are like, no, we're going to be mopping up for years, years. you know? Years. And it's, we're going to talk a little bit more in, in themes, like yeah. they talk about it being in the shadow of Palpatine and that. But just in terms of state of the galaxy, I felt I felt the state of the galaxy rather than feeling like I was told the state of the galaxy. Oh, absolutely. Because they the fact that they are kind of in their own little bubble of this of this war and, and there's the, the big events have happened but the characters and it's like there's this big thing where it's like you were the rebel alliance now you yeah now you're the new republic and 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 what does that mean that switch and Hera's definitely rebel she's her oh yeah and, and you got uh what's the guy uh, uh adnan uh uh karen karen adnan yeah Ad, uh, siren adnan i don't yeah. I, I have not looked up how to pronounce these so hey yeah. get that audiobook and get tell us that. how to pronounce some of these <laughs> names us know. uh he's the intelligence officer he's the uh elon sleaze bagano he's the, the barasaur yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and how he's trying to, you know, he's kind of with Mothma on this, uh, the, the idea of like the New Republic's not going to have a big military. We've got to win through different wings. And uh, that was an interesting look at the Rebel Alliance post the fireworks on Endor. Yeah, I think it's a good way also to section them off this idea that, yeah, they're ships. Yeah, they're a squadron. But yeah. uh, in theory, they're supposed to be intelligence, not military which mm-hmm. is an interesting way to tell the story and keep it a little bit separate maybe from some of the totally the big canon that we know 
Um, so I, I thought we'd be fun to just kind of dive into the main characters, discuss mm-hmm. general reactions, uh, which characters we responded to, what parts mm-hmm. of their story, and also if the character matches the ship. Because oh, that's yeah. the that's part of the game. That's the title. Yeah. It's the name of their squadron. It's the image. Part of this is just all this deep stuff, but it's also just trading in on, man, what's your favorite <laughs> ship? They're all cool. What do you want to play in a video game, right? Yeah. And uh, totally. the, the book is incredibly accurate to the canon we've been told and like oh, get yeah. to viscerally experience like when they're writing like the y-wing's slow but it can take a lot of abuse i'm like i know, I know. <laughs> it happens to me in battlefront too yep. it's been happening to me for years oh oh yeah yeah the fact that the other you know, the crew there's a lot of like you shouldn't fly all these ships together there's a reason we have squadrons yeah. of a-wings and b-wings what, yeah like, they're going to turn into each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so let's just start with the the beginning with Quell. Now, mm-hmm. again, I meant to do it this morning, but I, I, I lost the time to look up uh, the pronunciation. I settled on Yurika Quell. Yurika, yeah. yeah. I, I was saying Yurika in my mind, and then I was just like, is it Erica? <laughs> I, Am I working too hard? It's probably with Star Wars, yeah. almost Game of Thrones, too, yeah. of, uh, you know, Larry. L-A-E-R-R-I-E-Y. Larry. Yeah, uh, so you're saying Eureka. I say Eureka. All right, let's say Eureka. Well, we agree on Quell, for we're sure. good, yeah. yeah. Quell. Eureka <laughs> Quell. Uh, so do you want me to kind of run through some of the please, notes that I made? Do, yeah, please do. Yeah, so f- formerly of shadowing of the uh, Imperial group, uh, we when we catch up with her, she is in this uh, camp that the New Republic has set up called Traitor's Remorse. She's kind of living through her trauma. She is telling an interrogator droid that she has that she defected during Operation mm-hmm. Cinder. Going through that, we learn that she grew up on a place called Gavina uh, Orbital Station around many species and then learned to kind of just be around humans in the Empire. Uh, we learn that she joined the Empire mm-hmm. with the intention of getting their training and defecting yeah. to the rebellion. But then she got caught up in this philosophy that you fight for the people next to you. And she mm-hmm. cared about the people next to her. Uh, passing mention, we learn that she is uh, bi or pansexual. There's not um, specificity, but there's uh, a suggestion that she has partnered with uh, more than one gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of great stuff about her having conversations with her commanding officer, wrestling through her feelings about the rebellion that mm-hmm. she pities them pities it was really them, yes. interesting uh and then i kind of felt like with the the story that as we played as it played out what we ultimately learned is that in this book she was trying to be the leader of alphabet squadron mm. but that she ultimately really felt like a soldier yeah waiting for orders and is afraid to take that mantle of decision making yeah and then within all that she's the x-wing she's the leader <laughs> so she gets the x-wing so uh, uh what, what were your reactions to quell i really i really liked her uh really do i think she's a really intriguing character especially where it ends for me the kind of the big reveal at the end we can talk later on about about her defection yeah like uh it wasn't this total like giant it was like oh wow this is is, it really adds a wrinkle to this term this idea of defecting uh to see the empire and the rebellion through her eyes and get both perspectives was interesting and it and it's and it's weird because in this new canon era there's a lot of um we're seeing stuff through the imperial side of we're, we're we're spending more time with the empire. Um, you know, Ray Sloan is motivational, but she's a villain. All these kind of things. I, I you know, let's also not forget that the, the Palpatine's 
bad. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, <laughs> this book has to me one of the best balancing acts of that. Yes. Of like, yeah, not everybody understood. And some people just went along with it. And yeah. so much of what this book is about is being in the shadow of Palpatine and everybody going like, should I have done that? Yeah. Who was this guy? Yes. Why did he ask these things? I feel so not that Alexander Fried intentionally did this, but it almost like he really wanted to dive into the conversations that are on. And we've had them here in podcasts and you can go on a real surface level. Uh, of, uh, you know, uh, the Empire, yeah, 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 Empire's on, you're not, Bodhi Rook was, just had a job, but, like, at the end of the day, <laughs> this force of evil was running, and I almost, like, he was like, let me roll up my sleeves and really dive into that, and a lot of that, I just learned from, from Quell's point of view. Yeah. She was a very interesting character in that regard. Quiet at times, like, because she's struggling with being a leader, and you made a note about fear of decisions, that comes up a lot, um, I'm intrigued with that, but sometimes it didn't make her the best lead character. I don't even think she's on the cover, but she doesn't necessarily be considered the, the lead character. The squadron's the lead character to me. They spent just as much time with the other characters, but most of this is through her point of view. Right. And so, the, the big question is framed yeah. around her. She has the primacy yeah. and reasoncy. She's the beginning and the end. Right? Yeah. So that's not a criticism. It's just like of even her as a character. It's just like sometimes I was like, you know, I'm waiting for her to come into her own. Like yeah. book two, like what do we got going on? But she's such a wonderful, mysterious character. So yeah. I, I do like her a lot. Okay. Do like her a lot. I think one of the things that I forgot to make a note of that I really liked is I liked that she knew and mentioned multiple times that she was physically fragile. Yeah. Because it's great to just sort of decouple the idea of power from physical stature. Right, right. You know, and like her power comes from because she's a great pilot and a great soldier and she yeah. is smart and uh, organized and efficient and does her homework and all that. But also just knowing like, hey, I can't get in a fight with a big bruiser because they will just break me and like and this is and i need to approach g-forces and handle them right because i'm gonna shatter uh it's great to see what is to me undeniably from the image on the cover from everything about the character a strong powerful character Mm -hmm. who also has this like what this is the body i was born in yeah it's uh, not a physically strong body and that's what's uh, that's what's very intriguing about this character. She's a leader struggling with being a leader. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's was like, come on, you can do it. Maybe I'm just like two on her side. <laughs> yeah. Just get in there. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think that's one of the complexities of this book that I like was really represented through her and many other people where you, you get that sense of like, eh, by the middle of the book, by the second act, she'll be like, yep, I'm, I'm on board. Uh-huh. And they had that great ongoing thing of her constantly being, having to chase, change her own phrasing because in her mind, the truth was, it was a terrorist attack on the Death Star. Yeah. And I'm I'm trying to change that, but it's so ingrained I can't change the language. That's I'm sorry, that's the way I think of it. Yep. Uh but then at the same time, giving her I, I liked that she saw problems with the Empire. I like yeah. that she looked around and was like, Oh yeah, I grew up on that orbital station with lots of different species and there's nothing wrong with that. But ooh, yeah. the Empire is humans only then yeah. okay and oh did we really have to come down that hard on this planet and take all the resources? <laughs> that kind of sucks. Maybe the rebels have some points. Yeah. Because it makes her a complex real character, right? Yes. Because she has a bond with her her squadron leader. Mm-hmm. She cares about keeping the people flying next to her alive. So she sees these problems but doesn't quite have the moral conviction to throw her entire life yeah. away. It's to do it in, in, in fact, doesn't until the twist at the end yeah. where she is given the order by her commander to defect. 
Yeah, and see, this is what I really... And she asks for it, right? Yeah. She says, yeah. give me give me, the, give me an order, because I'm a soldier. And, like, yeah. to me, that has, like, such... That's so meaty and interesting, because mm-hmm. so much of Star Wars is about choice. And it's easy to just say, like, well, just do the right thing. But yeah. so often you find yourself like, okay, doing one right thing means upending my entire life. Well, the fact that this is a, a defector who had all the access to the Empire, you know, 201st shadowing, it's very important, and they're handling big things. And I draw, you know, the example of Bodhi Rook, it's just someone who had a job, just driving around, and and you hear, you know, Lost Stars has some of the, you know, some of the stormtroopers were on the Death Star and didn't know that they blew up Alderaan. This isn't that. This is someone in it. Yeah, who sees she's, it for what it is. She's in it. Yeah, and, she knows. Yeah, and, and who, who also... I loved this idea because when, when the book came out, it was like an imperial defector. Okay, great, cool, cool. We 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 think we know what that means, but yeah, we've we, we played that story with Iden Versio, right? Right. Yeah. right. Uh, and and Boyega Finn does a little bit of that, but to, ha- to have her kind of be like, "Oh, I meant to. Uh, I just I kind of like what was around me. I didn't get to it. I'm still killing them. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't join them. Yeah, that was great starting point for me. Yeah, and I love that it introduces her story as. She's involved in Operation Cinder, destroying a planet. Yeah. She tries to stop it. Tries to stop it. Yeah. And then we learn that the truth is yeah. she didn't. Yeah. You know, that that's really, really powerful. Yeah. And one of the things that makes this definitely the first book in a trilogy. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you think she matches the X-Wing? Or is it just because she is like the, the lead? She's the the protagonist, the main protagonist, ultimately, I, I think. Um, I think in the end she will. Because that's, that's the ship that is... Yeah. The versatile can do it all. Yeah. Can lead the battle. It's the superstar, and I think she'll get to that point. Yeah, I think she right now is the least that matches the ship, but I think that you know that she has to be in the X wing. Yeah, it's the it's the top. Yeah, toppermost of the poppermost, and that's where she'll end up. <laughs> all right, we're gonna move on then to Wild Lark. I'm just gonna get my bias out of the way. My favorite character. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he was. I'm not a, sure, by the way, that's not like doubting you. I'm okay. Like, I'm okay. Like, I was oh, curious yeah. if you were, if you were going to be on the same page. Of, uh, uh, okay. All right. I like him a lot. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, he's a, a rebel pilot who seems like he's been serving for a while. He has the distinction of being at Endor, which gets presented to us as like, wow, that's really cool that you got to be at Endor. <laughs> yeah. You got to go to Endor. Yeah. Yeah. You got to party with the Ewoks afterwards. Yeah. Uh, he was a member of a group called Riot Squadron. We get to learn. I think part of it is I love his backstory. Yeah, that he is from a planet called oh, from yeah. the outside Polynesis, mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't have a name for their planet. Or didn't use that name. They just called it home. Home, home, such a, a powerful mm-hmm. idea, uh, and that they were a, a society that was a little cut off yeah. and really made choices about when to use technology. That's not like they were just totally you know yeah. agrarian, uh, but they made choices about when to use technology. And when they're basically their elders, their wise people realized that the empire was starting to destroy their environment too. They decided to send a person from each community on the, on the planet to fight the empire. They were called the one twenty, And while is one of the people that uh, got sent. And one of the thing, one of the reasons that he got sent is uh, one of the things to do with your free time on home <laughs> is uh, to fly these specific beasts. Beasts. Yeah beasts of, uh, of burden and that uh, you really, you bond with them. You create this organic relationship. Uh, and he became a great intuitive flyer because of it. And then we get to see when he's up there flying, he talks to his ship, he values droids. He tries to make that organic bond with non-organic things. 
he clearly values connections and he's got this great through line of, Hey, this has been great. I did my part. Yeah. I love my friends. I want to go home. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, he feels compelled to stay. And while is the A wing. He is the A wing. Uh, and the, the youngest of the bunch too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that gets, it gets played up a lot. That yeah. is like, are you, Extra positive? Are you naive yeah. or are you just young? I think all of it. Yeah, no, I really do love this character. I think he has one of my favorite moments in the book, which is talking directly to Shadowing, that really yeah. weird conversation, eerie kind of conversation, but shows what he was. And, and he seems to constantly make the decision. You talked about the connection with others to help others. Like that, that's him and Chas have that kind of problem because yeah. it comes out of him like needing to get her out of there. So. Uh, yeah, time and time again, he was the one that popped the most for me. So when, 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 uh, Will or while, uh, Lark shows up on screen, uh, on screen, in, on, <laughs> on paper, uh, I, I, I was like, ah, we got, I like this kid, Peppy, like the A-wing. <laughs> yeah. I think there was a little bit of forward momentum to him. And I think while well, he oh, touched yeah. on a lot of things that we've seen in Star Wars characters before, like there's a little bit of the good old Joff Sea Striker yeah. <laughs> uh, from the Claudia Gravers in yeah. him. There's a little bit of like Luke in a new hope, like what I can bullseye want rats. Yeah. Uh, but just, there's something so, uh, different about that origin story, specifically that idea of here's another perspective on, why you're in the rebellion yeah of like i come from a place that values community that like there's even a pass i think a passage about sort of like we have homes but we also just if whatever's right we just sleep at whatever person's house like <laughs> right, right. that idea that those boundaries that we have in our culture of this is my home this is my right. family aren't entirely there so of course what affects the galaxy yeah. affects him so it's like this kind of big open-hearted culture yeah. that he comes from even extending to, you know, there's that great moment where he, he's talking to his A-wing and you can be like yeah. saying, we're going to make it through this. We're going to get out of this. And then he accidentally leaves his channel open and everybody laughs at him. Yep. And it's, that's really funny. But then you start to realize like, okay, if this is what allows him to be an amazing pilot, because he tries to connect with, with this machine and listen yeah. to its groans and its strains and its pops, you know, yeah, that, hey. that just makes him, for Han Solo. Yeah, it worked for Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. It gets into yeah. that, like, valuing connection and um, being organic. It was great. Yeah, you, you touched on it. The, the, you know, you're joining the Rebel Alliance, and, and a lot of it is very clear why some of them do, but to have to come from a place that, that could have stayed out, but then the fight found them. The Empire builds a, a, like a space station above them and starts destroying their environment, their beasts, everything. And then they were like, all right we've got to join and we're going to send these tributes here. Like that's unlike any rebellion origin story I've, I've had because then it does come off as like, go do this. And then if you survive, you've helped defend the galaxy, which means defend us. And you get to come home, capital H. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, it's not that he's like, "Eh, I I just like everyone. I want to keep fighting. He wants to go home. Yeah. But still can't. And and I, that's unlike, uh, I'm trying to think of any rebel origin story. Yeah. I haven't seen one or heard one like that. Yeah. And of course he comes to this idea of like, well, okay, they're my family too now, Alphabet Squadron. So right. this is a version of being home. But also through the book, it adds so much punch to that idea of, hey, is the war over? Yeah. How am I going to know when the war is over? Because as soon as it is, I'm going home. You know, and yeah. having a character that is as noble and committed as him is like, I'm not going to go until it's done. 
But what is the definition of done? Yeah. Is, am I going to be mopping up random moths hiding in a sector with a broken down Star Destroyer 15 years from now? Yeah. Like, that that gives him even more punch for me. Yeah. A-wing. Does he match the A-wing? Oh, totally, totally. totally. Right? Fast flying, Fast darting, flying. can dart in and help others, right? Yeah. Yeah. Support ship. Support ship. Yeah. 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 Lithe and speedy. Yeah. I like yep. that a lot. Lithe lark. There we go. And now we're going to move on to Nath Tencent. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite? Am are we going to discover a favorite? And if so, is it Nath? I, there's a lot that you would think it's Nath because he's the oldest of the bunch, though he's only 37 in the story. <laughs> yeah, that grizzled weirdo. Yeah, Can he, we make the grizzled weirdos yeah. a little older, please? No, no, I, I don't necessarily know if he's my favorite. Actually, he, he's he's intriguing um, in the fact that he is he, he's for hire. And I yeah. like that. It's really interesting because I, I can't trust him. So I, therefore, but you know, he flies the Y wing. So that's that's my favorite ship. Yeah, yeah. He represents a lot about the Y wing. Uh, old and uh, might fail you. Yeah, but you need it there to get the job done. But it can take a lot of hits. Yeah. Uh, so he's a corrupt imperial. He uh, defected to the rebellion, but it is implied that in his time with both the Empire and the rebellion, he was still a little bit of a scoundrel. Did some did some things for personal motivation along the way. Uh, his squadron was killed uh, by Shadowing. So he was kind of in the story for money mm-hmm. and vengeance. There's parts where it's mysterious exactly uh, what his motivation was. Uh, he ultimately does kind of deceive the squadron and, and put him in a little bit of danger so that he can both get dirt on Quell to figure out her full truth and to kill the leader of Shadow Wing, uh, grandmother, mm-hmm. Shakara Norris, I believe, Um and he's a twist to me on all the scoundrels. Uh, like yeah. Ryan Johnson talks about how he wanted DJ to look like he was going to be a scoundrel with a heart of gold, like right. Han and Lando. And like, no, he's just a scoundrel. Just a scoundrel. Yeah. And it's an interesting question for Nath. He's like a, a, a scoundrel with a heart of pyrite. The jury's yeah. out. So how did you feel about his ultimate like loyalty? I that's you know this being a trilogy I I don't my prediction would you know that he's not sticking around here that he that he's going to make some decisions yeah. that will take him out of the group but but I him doing a lot of things for money doesn't seem to be I guess that's what you said it's not quite a heart of gold like he doesn't seem like a bad guy it's the way of the galaxy his job what he was taking when they found him is he was using his Y wing to protect you know pirates or whatever it was you know yeah so. He's not stealing, you know, he's not out there smuggling. He's yeah. at, this, at least this particular time. So I'm intrigued by what he could represent going forward. Uh, his mission when he goes off uh, uh, in the middle of it all to get that information and uh, on, on Yerika Quell and, and also kill the top Imperial in this story. Yeah. Again, it's so it's like he's good and bad in one moment. Yeah. <laughs> not even bad, but just like. What are you doing? And he's saying it's and it's he's being paid off from someone on the inside. Like, I I just think there's a lot of great story possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like and we'll talk about this a little bit when we dive into themes. But I feel like a, a little bit of what's at stake in this book is are you doing things for yourself or for the group yeah. that you are part of? And I like that he is just kind of totally clear with himself of like, oh, no, I, I, I like the group. Yeah. I'll do what's good for the group. But I'm also always going to do what's good for me. Right. And sometimes I got to do them both at the same time and I'll try to make it work. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Not my problem. I'll see what's on the other side for you. Yeah. I'll let you yeah. know. And Y-Wing does make 
makes sense for the yeah. uh, the Y wing. I do think is the uh, the uh, sturdy uh, middle aged vehicle. Yeah. Yep, it's old. It's taking a lot of hits. It can take more. Been through a lot. It's gonna limp along. Yeah, and drop some bombs. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Moving on to Chastnachatic is mm-hmm. how I have been choosing to say that. Yeah. Um, she is a, a Thelan, at least at least partially, yeah. uh, with some amount of ambiguous lineage. Uh, I believe this that's the species of Reistal Sant. Yeah. Making their grand this species <laughs> has been appearing a lot for yeah. what was a backup singer <laughs> in the Return of the Jedi special edition. Yeah. Uh she was a part of Hound Squadron with Rebellion. Uh she's really defined by uh a lot of different things, but really like this idea that she has music that she listens to while flying. Uh, to really keep her in kind of the rhythm and keep her in in the the right headspace, mm-hmm. uh, we get the real sense that she's had a rough life. And I would say yeah. even to kind of, it, I felt like some things were being implied that we didn't want to be to dwell on directly in a Star Wars novel, but were mm-hmm. implied that yeah. she had a particularly rough life with uh, with abuse yeah. and her uh, her own choices taken away. Yeah. Yeah, uh, her autonomy taken away. Yeah. Uh, one of the cool things I thought was that she met Jin Erso briefly yeah. and then eventually watched a hollow of Jin's famous scene in Rogue One, inspiring people to fight mm-hmm. the Death Star and kind of became obsessed with the story yeah. of Jin Erso. I love that. And this seems to be driving her to want to have to leave behind a story of her own. Yeah. And you get the sense that she maybe wants to die. Mm-hmm. Comes up, she wants to die only if it will leave a good story. Yeah, yeah, it's Which is powerful, really dark stuff. Yeah, no, it speaks to what's not there more than what's there. You know, like, like stuff you talked about in, in the past, and uh, comes up a lot. Yeah, the stuff with uh, with uh, Will Ark is is great stuff about the choice take away the choice and, and he saves her right he saves her so you know i don't disagree with her at all i get get what's going on but it's like i want her to move past that you know Jin, right you know it's like it's and, and the gin stuff and when she meets liana halleck uh it's during some of the stuff from uh, rebel rising that era there's nothing specific but that's uh, the Beth Revis book, Revis book, uh, excuse me, is uh, the era that she yeah. met her. So that's, I love that time. I love this time period, right? So um, I think it's interesting that she she hero worships Jen because that's a good hero to have. But yeah. then you're mis- maybe you're misinterpreting the end or it doesn't have to be your end. And so I think, let's say she's not necessarily my favorite character, but I always, every time it came up, the, the, the layers being peeled back were, were the most, to me, the most realistic in the story. Yeah. It, I feel like there are a lot of characters in general pop culture like her. Like, I, I listen to music. I kind of have right. punk, I don't give a damn hair and attitude and um, mm. snarky and coming with a great insult and feel it seem like I'm living life. But to get to sort of like the truth of that, of like some of that is coming from, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like your control has been taken away and wanting yeah. to get your control back and, and live life your way. Even if that means dying yeah. when you don't necessarily have to, but just because that's the way you want to go out. Yeah. You know that to get into those deeper true stuff behind, like in real life, why people started having punk hair is because it's my hair and I can yeah. control it and right. everything else. Other yeah. people are trying to control yeah. You know, so to, to get into those roots, I thought it was really great. Do you think she matches the B-Wing? Uh, she does. Uh, in, in terms of it's, it's a, 
you know, this kind of different, unique vehicle that not everyone can understand and yeah. not everyone can control. It slides around in weird, different formations, different so you don't know what you're dealing with. You, you can't do it. Uh, yeah, I absolutely think she does. She really, uh, and, and, and a little bit of, of her just talk about another different origin point to the rebellion. It's simple. Like, she, she sees Jen and, and inspired, right? But really, no, like, she's here for... Other, she's here for the Rebel Alliance, but she's here for the very deeply personal reasons. Right. Uh, another interesting take on the start to your Rebel Alliance. Yeah. Days. Now you uh, have in your in your past lives been a DJ. You've had a mm. strong connection to music. Yeah. Did did rocking out in the cockpit make sense to you? Did it work for you? I yeah, I did love it. I loved it. Um, I love when they hear it. I love when they play the song again f- later on towards the end, right there for her. Um, yeah, because I didn't think of it in terms of right away, and what you just described is this could very easily be I turn on my music and I'm that's who I am. It, it really goes. Alexander Free does a great job going beyond that, but in Star Wars, that's really we don't get a lot of music, and there's some new styles of music she talks about. Right, one of them's like a heavy metal genre, <laughs> and I love, love that. That's a really interesting yeah. little new canon tidbit. Yeah, I, I think another big theme is is story and even the music is like the, uh, some of these are from cultures that aren't here anymore yeah that got wiped out by the empire so it's it's paying tribute to that idea of stories living on afterwards and dovetails with everything else going yeah. on with her uh down to our final member of alphabet squadron uh Kairos. cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you find the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, Kairos. 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 Yeah. Uh, bandaged and masked, tall, powerful mystery woman. Uh, she's got a bow caster. She is deadly and mostly silent. Uh, there's a great uh, part where she brutally slaughters some stormtroopers, yeah. making a point to do awful things to their heads and faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so people are rightfully a little scared. Uh, and then she tells an ambiguous story about uh. her life using just drawing pictures in dirt. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing. Uh, and then she does finally speak to uh while Lark mm. and just says the emperor's shadow is long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then by the end, we do see that she is willing to both drink and dance with her squadron, which suggests that she is growing close to them. Yeah. Nub. Um, I'll tell you, I said, because the book, I, I probably spent a good portion of this book thinking she was a uh, wrapped up Wookiee. I really did. Because <laughs> it's the stuff she's done. She's so violent. But I had, I don't have that feeling anymore. Really interesting character. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Really interesting character. The What she does, the way she's, uh, gets Nath here. She's key in that. Yeah. I think she's the one that basically says, you know, we'll, we'll pay you. Like, we don't know their conversation. Right, yeah. It was a conversation. Um, and... Yeah, the the violence, and then she has that interaction with Eureka, right? She jumps her a little bit, like to, to early on in the story to like basically, you know, don't mess up. And, and, and so, and then U wing, it's like the U wing. It's just like it's a it, you need the U wing. It, it's a big support ship. Yeah, but it, it it's it's it shows shows up out of nowhere. And no one knows its history. Um, <laughs> a little meta textual. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think she's a, a great match for the Ewing. Were you wanting her story to be more fleshed out, or were you being like, "Ooh, I'm happy to leave the mystery for it to unfold in future books"? I think I'm happy to leave the mystery. When she started using uh, writing the story, a picture in the dirt, and all that kind of stuff, she seems to be just kind of the. I mean, Nath got some knowledge. He's old, crusty. He's been around, but uh, yeah, she seems to have attempts the most knowledge of the galaxy. Yeah. You know, um, especially around the Jedi Temple stuff. Uh, that great sequence, one of my favorite sequences in the book. Absolutely. Where I, I do believe Luke shows up for a second. Um, really? I think that's Luke. Doing the flyby? Do the flyby. That that would not be a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we just, we didn't have Lor Senteca hanging out going, nope, nothing here. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I had, I, yeah, I thought it was Luke. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think that's really cool. Uh, anyway, so she just so that's what's intriguing. Whatever she's been to, been through, uh, I'll find out in time. Yeah. Did you piece anything together or make a theory uh, about her story? Because it is described very ambiguously, and even our characters don't fully understand it. No, I mean, I, for some reason, I went to. It's almost like she she is cut from the partisan or or cloud rider uh, cloth. To yeah. Me. So something bad really happened, and that's why she's here. Yeah. Uh, One of the symbols she draws it reminded me a little bit of Crimson Dawn, yeah. but I don't know if it was meant yeah. to be Crimson Dawn. Uh, other people might feel yeah. strongly like, of course, that is Crimson Dawn. Yeah. But, but there's a great passage where uh, Erica Quell talks about taking out Crimson Dawn. So I feel like yes. she would have recognized that and responded to it. That's true. Um, but who knows? But, yeah, it is just like a... You're talking all about all of these different approaches to why you joined the Rebellion. Yeah. And then just the big picture, she's like, look ancient happy society 
then no bad yeah. horror death from yeah. the sky. Now I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it gets to maybe classic yes. uh, rebellion joining story of the, the empire yeah. messed up my home world. And I'm gonna mess them up. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that, that's a look at the actual <laughs> alphabet squadron, the main characters, a bunch of other side characters. Uh, but I wanted to talk yeah. a little bit. Uh, they'll pop up as we do about some of the major themes moving this book forward. Uh, I think one of the major themes is the why of operation cinder. It's, just not even a theme it's an engine yeah uh, uh, the big bad of this particular book grandmother yeah is wondering uh, what it's all about uh quell uh, acted it out and doesn't know why she did because yeah. she knows she shouldn't have right yeah so what were your thoughts on that you know it's such a it's a this is we were talking on the main show this week about People want connections, but I, I want connections that mean something. And here is something that really it was great to see Operation Cinder from Battlefront 2, from Shattered Empire, and they, things, and they talk about Imperial commanders switch sides and helped on Naboo. Yay, Inferno Squad! Yeah. But to get down to why it's revealed to me, it's all the way at the end, and the Sentinel droid coming in, this haunting thing, and, and that's the thing that gave the order to all these Imperial commanders and for Grandmother to never, it, it, to never get the answer. She's trying in her dying moments. Yeah. Was it all worth it? She's saying, was it all worth it? Yeah. And this is the ghost of the emperor, basically, and, and weird droid form, whatever it is, wraith form, not just like there's no answer. And, and, and I mean, there is in the sense of, you know, we get the thought of, of the emperor was just a very petty, <laughs> burn it all down. Vindictive, vindictive cruel person. Yeah. Person. But to see it from this perspective, because the Battlefront 2 Sorry, you see, you see it from uh, uh, um, Versio's father, yeah, uh, Garrett Versio. Like it's duty, it's duty. This yeah, is what we're and it's, doing. And it's, you destroyed our homeworld, but we have to do it. And the Sentinel droid tries to spin the argument. Mm-hmm. The Sentinel droid is just the Emperor's recorded face, right? Uh, yeah, that it's to show Imperial might because the galaxy has forgotten, I've forgotten right? right? Right. So it is. It's sort of the argument of the Death Star of like, look. We once we blow up a planet, they'll all get in line. Yeah, but then that argument is kind of stretched because, like, all right, but this is a loyal imperial world who isn't yeah. fighting back at all. So, right. like, it works in the content uh, context of Battlefront too. But it's great yeah. to see it just totally examined of like, oh, yeah, oh, that doesn't track because we already did blow up Aldron and that in fact that made things <laughs> much worse uh, for uh, yeah. for the Empire. Yeah. Uh, We've tried this, and all. What are we getting out of just wiping out planets? And why is your home planet on the list, <laughs> yeah. dude? You know, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I love that. To me, it got to uh, this idea of the individual versus the group, too. Of like, mm-hmm. uh, for a military to function, particularly like at least in the storytelling of of the Empire, right? It's yeah. unity. You are just. You're just a, uh, another piece of wood being moved on a board, right? And that your piece of wood can disappear, and another one can replace you. Yeah. And that all in order to have that efficiency, that all depends on you assume the order makes sense. Yeah. And I love that grandmother was dyed in the wool. I've been with this yeah. since it was the old republic, and I was fighting the separatists. They're all anarchists to me. They're all I don't same. care. Yeah. That's such a great thing that threads through it. The separatists, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever you're calling yourself now, a new Republic rebellion, you're all the same to me. Yep. To have somebody that unquestioning that, of course, the order from above makes sense, so I will execute it. That 
a beautiful haunting scene. There are a lot of great haunting scenes of the yeah, Sentinel there is. just stalking around of like, why is it still there if it's not <laughs> saying anything? And her begging it, yeah. why? And dying, not knowing. It just really gets to this idea of like, well, there's not a good answer. Yeah, no, no, there's not. A, there, there's, there's nothing that justifies Operation Cinder. Yeah. There's not a good, you're not going to get a good answer because there isn't one. <laughs> In a little bit for like uh, yeah. ITO, the droid that we can talk about a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Offers to uh, to quell right at near the end there that it is just because anybody who wants this much control and this much power is it wants to terrorize people who disobey him, wants to terrorize people who do obey him. Yeah, just petty and vindictive and wants people to be terrorized. Yeah, and like that's a great real world analysis of well, why did do some somebody do something just petty and vindictive what could it be like well it's probably because they're suffering from issues that make them petty and vindictive <laughs> yeah I mean, they said the the empire uh, the emperor had with no uh, you know secret brilliance or foresight he just yeah wanted to burn watch the world burn yeah know? which then yeah. like you you pull back to the larger uh star wars headcanon of like these people in this book are like hey the, some people think there's a force thing whatever yeah but like from our perspective is like, is that a desperate attempt on the emperor to increase the power of the dark side by just yeah. creating that death yeah. in that chaos? Is it, is that, is that the tactic or is it truly like, Hey, if I die, uh, uh, Gallius Rax, re, go, go here and rebuild in the unknown regions and, uh, this galaxy F you, <laughs> I'm burning you. Game over. Burn the yeah. chessboard down. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love yeah. that 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 strings through of having yeah. uh, people really have to question again, just more why. more than a more than a connection. It just like you said, the why and and just like every piece he had from the previous established Operation Cinder stuff was he just used so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, another big theme that that spoke to me is the difference between the Empire and the Rebellion slash New Republic in terms of the tactics and philosophy. And that when when I thought about this, it's what really opened up the book for me of going back to when Jennifer read the news and said Alphabet Squadron. It's one of each, you know, because right. from the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, why? Yeah. Um, the idea that the Rebellion, the New Republic, values diversity. Yeah. They want everybody to work together, but they value the individuality within that. What a great way to represent it to have five very different ships yeah. flown by five di- very different people. Ships that shouldn't, shouldn't fly. Be, it's yeah. kind of dangerous for them to fly together. It's <laughs> a great analogy for like, well, how do you have organization and and kind of forward movement and unity in a military, in a government, but still go through the challenge of respecting everyone's diversity and assuming that there's value in their diversity instead of from the imperial perspective diversity is weakness yeah we want that yeah pilots last seven months yep that's fine we get that with you know it gets reflected by grandmother going separatists new republic it's all the same i do my job which (laughs) is to kill them yeah that's it kill them all won't won't question it yeah uh did that did that speak to you did that resonate for you it's one of those things it's like very you know, clear, clear and fun to explore, get into. This is what the, this is going back to New Hope and looking at the Empire and going, ah, yeah, all right. I see what they were doing. Now, uh, uh, more aliens started to come into the picture, uh, literal aliens. And I know we're looking <laughs> at you, uh, what we're saying there. But, um, Ori no, Marco. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Ori Marco, indeed. Uh, yeah, no, I really, 
because even in there's a kind of an in the alphabet squadron is a joke almost in an yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, and and playing with it and and because I, I I was in, we were on the same boat. I didn't the the title was not grabbing me and and I think to me in another era of Star Wars storytelling, this would have just been a cool story of they have cool adventures, cool they blow, adventures. Blow, blow things up. Yeah, and this took such a it took its time getting everyone together because they're so different yeah but in the end the end result it so it wasn't just a high five we won you know they didn't even win clear out you know yeah um it's a long form lesson there about uh, but the, the mantra of the rebel alliance right and and uh, i like that it is a journey for them to try to learn about one another so they can effectively work together. So it gets to a great, from a certain point of view, empathy, things that Star Wars cares a lot about in its themes. And I like that Quell uh, is trying to bend and trying to do a rebel tactic by improvising when she decides to blow up the one Tabana gas pod, which again, relatable because I've done that a ton <laughs> in Rogue Squadron. Uh, it's one of the assignments yeah. in the, uh, in the GameCube one. Uh, and it, it literally blows up in her face. She accidentally creates the exact same kind of hellish firestorm that she was commanded to. But this time she did it because she was yeah. trying to think like a rebel and trying to save Chas. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's there, there's some great complexity and poetry to that of like, mm-hmm. Is it just right to think like a rebel and improvise, or is it dangerous? Yeah, I, I, yeah, because there's really stuff early on. She's just on a simple level struggling with the rebel alliance and their their makeshift plans, and 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 in discussing with Harrison Nula this plan, there's a there's a line about uh, uh, you know that sounds like a plan for the rebel alliance. Yeah, it, you know, means it's not perfect. Yeah, it's gonna, but we're gonna figure out how to make it work. We have no resources, and we accept that everything, no matter how much we study, is gonna change. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's that. It's again. It gets back to that crucial. It's targeting computer versus use the force. It's yeah. let go of rigidity and control. Yeah, and we'll find a way out. We'll find a way out. So it was an interesting comment on it. Yeah. Constantly, yeah. constantly coming back to her point. Yeah. Of view. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about that idea of change, uh, because a lot of these characters are wrestling with, can they change? And in particular, this is where I wanted to touch on, mm-hmm. uh, ITO, the Imperial torture, torture droid, droid who the, the, to be clear, the floating ball from a new hope yeah. with the syringe arm, right? Yep. Uh, that has been reprogrammed to be a therapist, mm-hmm. uh, and asks very gently in a gentle tone a couple of times, do you need any help torturing anyone? <laughs> Which suggests that the droid has not truly changed. I think that might be one of my top five things in this book. Easy. I think uh, I was going to say this is one of my favorite droids introduced because every yeah. book, every story, it's a Star Wars thing, right? You got a droid. Yeah. And in Black Spire, we, we like Pook. Yeah, but Pook starts off in a similar point of view and, and uh, that we've seen before. Yeah, no, when you realize right from the beginning it's a torture droid, that's just a cool. There you go. There's those connections. But yeah. what's behind it? It's the most vibrant, common sense speaking therapy droid. It's got everything. <laughs> it's kind of still wants to kill. You know, I I uh, used to play in a band. You need to uh, you need someone to play bass. I got it. Good. Um, yeah. I really love this droid. Yeah, and what it represents, and that they. They could 
reprogram what a symbol reprogramming a torture joint yeah yeah so that, that was definitely uh one of my favorites uh wrapping up our theme conversation because we have been talking about this here book for quite a while um i i like this big idea of what is the story of you when each of the main characters like at different points in the book kind of finally broke down and and told their compatriots as yeah. close as they could to their truth because it wasn't always the yes. full truth or even the no truth <laughs> yeah but it was the story they wanted to represent the, even had the and this is the story they told uh they then we there's a lot of talk about imperial propaganda within the mm-hmm. book and that being like that's the story you grew up with uh, there's the story that is partially true uh and partially not that chas has made up about okay. Jenner. so we even get that great passage where Hera talks about like all of my memories with my family on the ghost are like my real memories mm. but they're also starting to feel different because i have turned them into morality tales mm. to inspire troops so i have <laughs> turned my life into a collection of stories, which from doing stand-up comedy and storytelling, yeah. I can relate to you. It's still real, but it starts to take on this little bit of legend quality because you've spun it to, for other people for their yes. benefit. Yes. Whether it's just to entertain or teach. Yes. Yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so did, Where did, you'd, you'd be like, wait, what was the real story? Yeah. Well, did I really, <laughs> it was high. Yeah. yeah. So uh, did that, did that resonate for you? Or did it? No, it, it, uh, what I keep, cause the idea of what brings you to this rebellion in Star Wars and, and the fact that each one of them is different, it's some of my favorite moments when they start to open up. And it's very clear, you know, and it, it, it with Yurika especially because of, uh, you know, this, here was the story she told and then here's the actual story, like powerful, but I love seeing different ways to come to this fight and why you should come to the fight. And maybe yeah. sometimes the reason isn't great, but you're still there fighting. Can you learn that on the way? Uh, stuff with Nath, Nath. So, yeah, your story. What is your truth? What is your actual story? What brings you to, to these things? And uh, I would not have expected to get that kind of stuff from cool ships flying around. Yeah, yeah. And I think it even ties into, in a really neat way, what is going on between Chas and Weil. Well, from like mm. a, hey, just keep your compatriots alive. He chooses to shoot off her, her uh, cannon so she can't fight anymore in her viewing. Right. Takes her choice away, but, and she tries to talk to him about it, right? Yeah. And there's those great passages about, he said he won't take my choice away again, but I know he doesn't understand. Right, right. And it invites you to wonder for yourself exactly what it is that you feel like. Right. He gets not to take that action, but for her, I think it is about that, like, I want to craft the story of what I'm doing when I die. Yeah. And that's specifically what you're taking away from me is my choice of when when to go when to How? die and yeah. what story I am telling with my own death. Yeah. Which that's like, yep, again, this could be ships and exploding, but there's a real choice to be like, let's get into some darker truths of of being yeah. a soldier and constantly putting your life on the line. And and what's the, you know, they always say when you learn your screenwriting 101, any any action or fight sequence is really you're learning the, about the character in those moments. It's not yeah. all zim zam pow and pop and poom. Um, then we go to lightsaber fights. What do, what do we learn from? I don't just need. I, I enjoy a good flippity flippity fight. Yeah. What are we learning there? And, and this book, the, the, he absolutely hits that every time. Every skirmish. Uh, I seem I, I learn more about the individuals just as much as the girl. Yeah, and the choices they make. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's move on to uh, some canon connections. I got a list here. We don't need to dive deeply into all of them, 
But see which ones light your fire can, uh, like gas over Pandem Nye, which explodes your fire. Uh, this is one that grabbed me uh, on page 176. I wrote it down. Yeah. Uh, they confirm that the ships are based on the high galactic alphabet, which is yes. this is a question that comes up a lot of a hey, if uh, if the language is Orabesh. Yeah. Why is the ship's A-Wing? Why is R2-D2, R2-D2, B-Wing? And uh, the canon, the loose canon answer, now completely concrete. Right. There are other alphabets, and our alphabet exists in Star Wars, and it's called High Galactic. And for whatever reason, long ago, these ships were named after that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, was yeah. like, I pulled up my, I was like, what page? I didn't note that in my pages. Uh, <laughs> but did you, did you like that? Yeah, Just like, Hey, let's uh, yeah. ask and answered. Yes. Yes. Because that's one of those things that get just so tired of, not tired, like, but like tired of like hearing of like, why in the new hope with George just, he, he was right in it. Cause so he hadn't made up Orbesh yeah, yet yeah, yeah, is yeah, the yeah. Uh, real world answer. Yeah, right. I, Cause yeah. I grew, yeah. Cause I grew up with Obi-Wan turning off the power, uh, yeah. not the Arabesh word. So, so yeah. So yeah. yes, it's always fun to have that answered. Uh, the second Canon connection I went down, uh, wrote down is one that's just not acknowledged not at all. There. Great to spend quality time with Harrison Dula. Great to get references yes. to star Wars rebels. Uh, this is years after, Kanan has passed. Yeah. So unless Twi'leks uh, are pregnant for years, yeah. Jason Sindula, their son, should have been born long ago. Yeah. Not a mention. Not a word. Not a whisper. Nothing. Of Jason Sindula. How do you feel about that? What do you think the deal with that is? I, <laughs> what do we think, Dave Filoni? What do we think? <laughs> what have you done, Dave? I, in, in story, I think I think wherever uh uh zeb and like chopper are i think they're watching okay they're not they're not they're they're, they're on uncle Cause, Duty. yeah because callus chopper then callus and zeb go uh zeb should me, go and have a no zeb i always get it confused because zeb's an esca um Go up there like a little adventure. Yeah, like, yeah. Give they they and, go and uh, yeah. uh find the last of the lasat yeah I think I think Jason's there. You think Jason's there? Okay. <laughs> I think from a practical canon perspective, there isn't a decision on what to do about Jason Sindula. So there's a little bit of just like, yes. look, we can we don't need to know where he is. Just let's not let's not muddy the fields. Let's don't don't, let, don't have Hera even think about her son. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he's little, somewhere and he's fine. Don't worry about it. We want to hear more about Star Wars, mothers in Star Wars. We totally do. Uh, Hera is now a literal mother, mother after being a figurative one for so long and still being one, by the way. But yes, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, where Dave. is Jason? Hashtag oh. where is Jason? Start oh. it going. Oh, Dave. Uh, another detail I liked is. Uh, after the Emperor died, planets revolted. Yeah. Which isn't brand new, but I can't no. remember if it's been super specific in Aftermath. But, like, to me, it just, like, it so um, yeah. celebrates that special edition added scene of the oh, cheering crowds on Coruscant. Yeah. Toppling the statue yeah. and, and <laughs> yeah. uh, the, uh, just moving the stormtrooper around uh, uh, through the crowd. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just really like that, that that's part of the empire crumbling of, mm-hmm. hey, the head's cut off and suddenly everybody rushes out to the streets and starts pushing over the stormtroopers. Yeah, it reminds me, there's some, some stuff in the beginning of Aftermath, too, about that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, yeah, this is a Corson scene. You want, yeah. you want to see that played out all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Sentinels, uh, mm. but I wanted to ask about, mm-hmm. there's a, a passage somewhere about their lies about Palpatine being immortal. 
People literally yeah. say they feel like they're being haunted by him, that they're yeah. still in his shadow. Do you, that, do you feel that is all just metaphoric? That's how these people would feel. It makes total sense for Alexander Freed to write it. Yeah. And then it just comes off is possibly something more given that Palpatine is returning. I think so. I don't, if this was 2015, we'd be like looking this for clues. It yeah. could be, it could be, it could be, but I think it's more just what you're saying. And then, and then the Sentinel droids would, I were, I've never been a huge fan of Sentinel droids. I don't know what it is. Yeah. If it takes it to a weird sci-fi world, I, I like, I, I don't dislike it, but it's, I don't, I'm not hung up on it. Yeah. But this is the best use of the Sentinel droids in the new Star Wars it's canon. It's so creepy that they have no more message, but they lurk Nothing. around looking at you. They're just there. Expressionless. And they're not even staying in the corner. They look at you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so creepy. So palpitating. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you feel haunted by yeah. that? Uh, so this is just a quick one. I really like that uh, Cantonica pod races were mentioned. Right. Yeah. I want to see some of those. That that sounds like great fun, especially that since we know by the time of Black Spire, the New Republic has outlawed pod racing. Yeah. So enjoy it while you can, people of the galaxy. <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about Shakira Nares being a vet of the Clone Wars. Uh, the mm-hmm. ship that Hera is flying around is a Clone Wars airship. Right. Um, how do you, how do you feel about that that continuation? I love that connection. Uh, you know, it reminds me of you know she probably had a couple of drinks with you, Lauren, at some point in her life. <laughs> yeah, I love I, I love it because it goes to the little joke I always have about you know the, the Republic springs up, uh, you know, Galactic Empire springs up overnight, and there's always already got uniforms and staffing and everything. Yeah. So it's, it's people like her that just uh, this was this is what they did, this is what you did. That it's I, a natural transition, natural transition indeed. So it's always fun. I love the references because it's only twenty years. Yeah. And then there was one point they stuck about how, well, Palpatine ruled for just over 20 years, but they use it in the sense of how long. And I'm like, wow, grand scheme, I think, yeah, that's a long time under a tyrant, but like, yeah, it's only 20 years. Yeah. And that doesn't even count the 10 years where he was the Supreme Chancellor, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just counting the uh, yeah. <laughs> horrible, violent dictatorship. Uh, while we're talking about the emperor, you mentioned this briefly and I wanted to touch mm-hmm. on it. The, they, there's a discussion about how his various lies and propaganda about the Jedi don't entirely track, yeah. which I think is a great way to address uh, some of the real world questions that we have about it and make sense of them in world yeah. that he initially tells everyone, as we see in Revenge of the Sith, that they revolted and left him scarred oh. and deformed because yeah. that's the truth he needs. And then a little while later, he makes it, you know what? They were never even that big of a deal. <laughs> what are you talking about? Jedi? What? Yeah. And I think a lot of Ken has been doing a good job of saying, like, hey, remember that this is a repressive dictatorship that was known for murdering people who got out of line. If you were a person who was alive during the Clone Wars and you met a teenager who's like, what about the Jedi? You can't be at the bar going, yeah, they were real. You know, in fact, one busted in here once, had a purple light. (laughs) You, because you would die. You would die. And it's gaslighting. Yeah. Right. So people start to be like, who only saw them once from afar, like, well, maybe there were just like cheap magicians yeah yeah with glow sticks a little telling everybody the lie that that we should all believe their religion that there's Mm. a unifying force and it tells them what to do yeah to me that just all gets into like this is very believable even within 20 years yeah because it was those those uh, yeah it's 
not that George didn't care about the answers, but I think I think George probably had some of these answers in his head. Yeah. And it's just playing upon that, just connecting back to this idea and how it makes sense. It used to be the joke. It used to be the joke during the prequel times. I used to probably tell my friends, like, oh, what happened? In 20 years, I just destroyed all the tapes. Well, yeah. And yeah. The story's been changed. This is what Palpatine, and they believed it, and they had to. And the, what you just said, even, even if you didn't, you had to. So it all starts to become real realistic. Yeah, yeah. And I like that there's this peek into this book. It's like, he's dead so we can talk. Yeah. His two lies don't track together, yeah, they do they? Yeah. By yeah. the way. Yeah, this is great to me. Yeah, and, and goes to the idea that, again, the, the stuff, the, a lot of references of, of General Skywalker and... Yeah, he had a sword or something. I don't know. Yeah. They he's, said he had powers. He seemed to be real good at oh, yeah. flying all the time, yeah. all of his victories. Yeah. Skywalker was a myth. He lived in that religion. Weird. Yeah. Uh there's a, some good discussion of ships being more difficult to pilot in the atmosphere. I know you have opinions about atmosphere. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, it comes up a lot. You're like, J.J. likes his J- ships in the atmosphere. J.J. wants to f- fly around on the ground. Yeah. Uh, I love that there's a battle between them. Uh, like, there's kind of a rivalry. Those who think that, you know, what one's harder, one's easier. And yeah. there's the, the actual skill set needed to do both. Right. Where you, you're not yeah. fighting against any gravity. And it's not. In space, but on, yeah. on the ground, you always know which way is up. No disrespect is on. I, I know, like, 12-page scientific explanation of it. It's yeah. just, I got the answer. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, just a few more here. Uh, there's a reoccurring joke, and I think sometimes fear, that there will be a third Death Star. I loved it. How Meta, did you take it? Loved it. Laughed. Yep, we know what's coming. Um, but also... Speaking to the idea, I mean, it could be some playing around with legends rumors uh, yeah. and just paying homage to those. And and why wouldn't you? If, if one went and then all of a sudden another one was there, they got to be building another one. Yeah, yeah. he's got to have one going. He, he's, yeah. He, yeah, I mean, he probably got a two for discount, right? Yeah. I mean, on all of the, the yeah, kyber but, crystals, right? Yeah, so I thought that was funny and also just like mm-hmm. contributed to that sense of the very confusing unknown time in the galaxy. Yeah. This is a small one, but on one of the planets, we encounter a neighborhood called Little Nemo. You and I reacted the same. I loved it. Loved Loved it so much, so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's my last one. You you mentioned this one, too, on the uh, Harkrova moon. Uh, There is a Jedi temple with a rebel cachet. Uh, and that that's what spurs a lot of these Jedi conversations between Alphabet Squadron and One Night. The temple seems to make a ringing noise and then performs what I interpreted as a brief history of the galaxy <laughs> searching for the balance in the force. Yep. It was great. Yeah, it showed I, the galaxy as it was, yeah. replete, and then showed the devastation and horror of the dark side ravaging yep. the natural world, and then it showed mm-hmm. peace and balance. Yeah. I Good wish, job, Luke. <laughs> yeah, I wish we could have... Uh, and Anakin. Yeah, seen that. That's a very Clone Wars or Rebels animated like, yeah, sequence. Right? Yeah, right? Yeah, I would like to see that. It was great. It was beautiful. Reading it was beautiful. That's I, The whole sequence is great. Yeah. The Jedi Temple, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like it has any more meaning, or do you just feel like it is there so that these characters, while being kind of uh, gritty and, mm-hmm. and grounded, are still attached to... To this larger world, so it still feels like Star Wars. Whether, yeah, no, actually, whether they know it or not, you know what I mean? Because uh, we do. Yeah, we do. It's it's there. It's present, and we hear a lot of you know a lot of people do want more Jedi and Sith stuff directly in, in new new stories, and I, I think you're gonna get that, and I think a lot's there. But this is a reminder of that it's always there, and yeah. it's it's always working. Yeah, in in this story, in this galaxy. Yeah, and even with all this horror. The force or that temple seems to be under the opinion that with 
Mm. Palpatine gone, there is closer to balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Any other details or characters or ideas that you wanted to touch on? Uh, there were a couple little notes. Uh, just uh, I loved yeah. a lot of the stuff with Hera. Um, uh, there was a, one early on about the public sentiment was right about the rebels. Uh, you know, there's some like so this come from the Empire. It's just Quell's yeah. mind. Um, <laughs> uh, we talked about grandmother's view of the, of the Emperor. Learn what she learned. I, I really love that. But there was a note. There was uh, Hera had a, 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 says this thing, and it's kind of like a weird personal philosophy of mine, especially having been a. a uh, a boss in a weird kind of environment where it's like you don't need to be convinced. You don't need to convince me of your problem. You need to convince me of your solution, and I'm going to put that on a <laughs> poster with like a cat hanging from a thing, and then just for a quote Harrison Dula. I just really, I like I like things like that. I love you. That's why I fell in love with the character Moff Jar Gerard because of his great men never hurry line in the novel of Return of the yeah. Jedi. So I love little morsels of business. Uh, Business 101 knowledge down yeah. there. I don't know. Yeah. Silly little note. That's a great one. I had a moment is uh, when I was an assistant manager of Kinko's and orders would always get lost. And I yep. had one really good employee who would always come to me to find the order. Yeah. And eventually I had to be like, hey, you can always ask me, is there something special that I might know about this order that you don't? Yeah. But if I say no, then I'm going to go do all the exact same things that you would to find the order. And he was like, Oh, and then he came to me a while later and he's like, I felt really empowered because I didn't realize I could just do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> like, yep, you can. Uh, management from Kinko's, yeah. Ken and Harrison Dula. That's what y'all <laughs> listen to uh, for Center for, right? Yeah. Some management advice. Yeah. Uh, so many uh, great little moments that we could touch on, but I think that's a good overview of the big picture. So I want to close out our conversation with uh, hopes or predictions, desires for the future two novels. So, yeah, the, the, we got the big thing, and I know we didn't touch on it a ton, but the idea of uh, this character, Devon, who ends up being Hera, uh, not Hera, uh, Quell's former commanding officer, right? Yeah. He's the one that sends, so he reveals himself at the end, which right. was so funny because I was like, where, where I, what is this character? Yeah, what is what this? What is he doing? Yeah, because they're, they're both uh, really engaging stories, yeah. but at the end of the, the sections. Yes, the, yeah. The first section, in the second, so then by the... Th- third you're like all right yeah something's going a little interludes right and he and he stops the character from going to uh, uh, uh was it Tra- treason town treasonville uh, yeah traitor's remorse <laughs> traitor's remorse uh, treasonville is treasonville. Uh, where you can have margaritas with jimmy buffett yeah. yeah and so here you got this imperial commander who has an immediately you got some intriguing layers he was top of his game sent her orders her to to def- defect and then also stop some attacks and but it's like, what's he up to? And this confrontation to me that's going to be coming to them uh, between maybe Quell and him. Uh, um, it's going to be something I think I haven't really seen in Star Wars before because it's not just going to be fighting. Yeah. It's, be it's so there. it's emotional and yeah. philosophical because, yeah, Very he, much so. he has stopped. He thinks he thinks Operation Cinder is too far. He thinks it's all over. Yes. And that's why he tells her to defect. Yeah. Right. Because there's there's no point in this way. And he's just trying to get through life. And he, in a way, he has this uh, Jin Erso story. Yeah. Yeah. But from the Imperial perspective of mm-hmm. like, I'm just trying to get through life. But everywhere I go, there's trouble. There's an Imperial who's become a gangster, wants me to rope it in. So I'll burn him down. Yeah. Oh, I run into this kid who's been radicalized, who's going to try to bomb mm-hmm. the uh, New Republic. We don't need that. So I'll put a stop to that. Hey, I'm just trying to live my life in this mining town. I, I can't get drunk and say my true yeah. feelings out loud. And all oh, some new Republic people come here to kill me. Kill. And it's like, you know what? I thought, I thought if, if everybody in the empire just said, okay, okay. great, you won. And we walked away. 
New Republic would have what they want. They'd get their peace. Right. But there's no peace anywhere, so screw you all. Yeah. That's a great ending for yeah. the first book in a trilogy. And then you connected that her, she has this emotional relationship to it. And I also really like that shadowing escaped. He's going to go look yeah. for shadowing to get back in it because then it does just, it lets you know this trilogy is going to be alphabet squadron versus shadowing. Then yeah. that's the structure mm-hmm. of this general thing. And it keeps you from spiraling into, well, is one of them going to, one of the members of alphabet squadron going to become a yeah, Jedi, a Jedi, Luke's yeah. temple or like, and it's just, yeah. it, it's just a nice way to tell you, here's what's going to happen yeah. next in the story. And here's the scope and the stake of this trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a alphabet squadron for the shadowing. I can see it on a poster now. Yeah. Yeah. For the inevitable animated series yes. that will come to Disney plus. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's, that's, that's I, I could say more, but I'm not gonna, I'm no. done. Uh, I know a lot of you out there have read the book and you've been asking us and some people, uh, there were some great pleas on online. <laughs> Don't skip this one. We, we weren't, we're, we're, we're going to get to it and we finally got to it. So I hope you enjoyed our take on, Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed. No word, at least that I know of, of when the next ones are coming out, but I know we're excited to get it. Yeah, yeah. So that is our look at uh, Alphabet Squadron. Of course, if you uh, listen to all of this, haven't read or listened to the book and still want to, please go to uh, Audible and that audibletrial.com slash Force Center and grab a copy. Don't forget to follow us on Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Like our Facebook page. You know where the podcast is. A lot of new spots because we're through Anchor. Check it out. Just search in your favorite podcast machine. Uh, we also got merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Patreon, Joseph, we got, we got our goals there. Yep, yep. You can check out all of the goals we're building to that's patreon.com slash force center and don't forget to go to our own stuff like josephscriptshot.com <laughs> and kindnapsock.com for wonderful things that are happening yeah yeah and follow us on social media to see opinions about things we're eating uh, a lot of things <laughs> we're eating i've uh, got to go to a eating session tonight we call it dinner um that is it for this week databank brawl be back in the normal uh every other week schedule star wars ranked coming up with uh, billy patterson coming back some more special edition talk so uh you enjoyed the first one and look for that next week but this has been our review of alphabet squadron here on force center Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free 
free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.